I'm your host, Nikki Sims Chilton, and this is episode 10. We've made it to 10 episodes. And for this one, it's a little something different. I um, recently got the opportunity to interview Kylie Caden again, but this time it was um, in front of an audience. Now, we were invited by the Kingston East Neighbourhood Group, which is a not-for-profit organisation um, who run a whole bunch of amazing programs for the community around the Kingston and Logan area. Now this event was held at the Annalee Community Bookshop which is also another great organisation which is a not-for-profit run almost entirely by volunteers as well. So it was a really fun night. We got to have some wine and some cheese and I got to have a chat with Kylie and we also had some great questions from the audience. So I hope you enjoy this episode with a little bit of a difference. Thank you for all coming. Um, so Kim is the director of King, and um, she suggested having our fundraiser here. So when I looked into this place, it's um, actually one of a kind in Australia where um, there's a part-time manager uh, three days a week, but everyone else who works here are volunteers. It's a not-for-profit community enterprise, and so it's actually a perfect place for us to have our fundraiser because we like to... Um, collaborate with like-minded groups. Um, so the books that you buy, the raffles, your entry helps the bookshop and it helps us. So it's a win-win for everyone. And you guys get wine and cheese, so it's all good. Um, now I want to introduce Kylie Caden. Um, Kylie's an internationally published author. Um, she's got a couple of books. There are two left, actually. I thought they were all gone. Um, so if you want to purchase her books and have them signed, there's a couple there. Otherwise, you can go online to her website or Amazon or um, other websites. Um, or is it Big W? Are they available? Because um, they're a year or so old, probably not. Maybe yeah, not. Okay. But, but yeah. yeah, so you can go online and purchase her books there. I read them both. They're amazing. Um, so... Thank you very much for giving up your time and oh, coming to speak. Um, Nikki Sims Chilton, um, thank you for coming and having a chat here tonight. So Nikki has a blog, website and podcast called In Mum's Book, uh, In Mum's Good Books. Um, so to recommend good books for busy mums. So you can go there, find a, a good read and know that you're going to enjoy it. So. Thank you also for coming. That's okay. Um, um, yeah, and I hope you all enjoy your night. Um, and I'll leave it to you guys. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Emma, and thanks um, for having us here. I'm going to interview Kylie, kind of like what I do on my Imam's Good Books podcast. And for those of you who don't know what a podcast is, it's I guess I describe it as a radio interview that you can listen to in your own time. So you can put it on drive go for a drive and listen to a podcast or you can listen on the bus or the train. You just download it before you leave home. Um, 
Now, I've got a little bit of a bio of Kylie here. Um, Emma's pretty much covered it, but I guess I'll, it's my pleasure to introduce Kylie Caden, who is a Brisbane writer and author of two books so far, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Mother of three boys, a self-diagnosed um, bookworm, and according to her website, a recovering chocoholic. <laughs> it's a hard road. <laughs> um, Kylie also has a degree um, in honours in psychology from the uh, QUT, and while her third baby slept, Kylie decided to write her first novel. So now, Kylie, most women, when they have a baby, they're told to sleep when baby sleeps, but you were writing. Tell us about why you started writing that novel when your baby was sleeping. Uh, I think it was just to avoid the housework. That's what I keep telling people. Um, it was quiet, you wouldn't wake up the baby, and um, I think it was just that creative outlet. So um, stuck at home with three boys, um, feeling quite outnumbered as the only girl in a house full of males, and. Um, not getting out too much when you've got three young kids, as you, many of you might know, it's not as easy as it sounds. So, yeah, I just sat down one day and started making things up. And yeah. um, tell us a bit more about your first novel, Losing Kate. I know a few of you might have purchased it tonight, so don't give away any spoilers, but can you give us a brief synopsis of it? Uh, so, yeah, my first novel is about um, a girl that um, mysteriously disappears on a beach. Um, it's set at... Um, Double uh, Island Point, which is up near Tawantan, Noosa Way, if any of you know the Sunshine Coast. Um, so it's about her fate and that of her two friends that are left behind, um, who meet about 13 years later and try and unpack what happened to their friend all those years ago. And they might actually fall in love in the time, but you know, you just have to read it to sort that out. Yeah, so that was my debut, yeah. So how long did it take you to write the book? I mean, does it take a few weeks, a few years? It probably took about six months to write and then about another six months to cut out all the rubble and rubbish and, you know, waffle. Um, so about a year, yep. yeah. And then you finished that one and you launched straight into Missing You, your second book? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So I sent that off to Random House and I probably didn't start that until I had a contract because I didn't think anyone would actually want to read it. So, um, yeah, I used to sort of sit there writing, not really knowing what you're doing. And some days I think I still don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> well, you published um, two books, so I had a bit of luck um, and that, that was picked up pretty quickly, which yeah, I've got a lot of friends that have written quite a few and still not quite got there. So there was a little bit of luck on my side there. And um, yeah, so Missing You is the, the second novel from uh, Penguin Random House. Um, and it's about a young mum who is having some problems in a marriage and suddenly disappears. Um, and her family try to unravel what's happened to her when they, they find her car that's abandoned on the highway and sort of realise that her life wasn't all as it seems when they dig a little deeper. So that's so they're kind of women's fiction with a bit of a side of suspense, sort of mm -hmm. all about sort of flawed characters that are. Um, yeah, and relationships under strain and what happens when people are in that sort of conflict. And yeah. so where do you get your ideas from? You say women's fiction with a little bit of suspense, is it based on anything in your life or you just make it up? Oh, it's kind of just a big melting pot of heaps of stuff. Um, there might be a couple of characters that you've met or you know, know of, um, news articles, little snippets of inspiration you might see on the you know, in a book or a newspaper. So yeah, it all kind of gets shoved together and you hope it all works in the end. <laughs> and speaking of working in the end, you have um, just finished your third book. Are you allowed to talk about 
that one as well since it's not um, well it's not officially signed but it's pretty much going to be out next uh, probably it's about 10 months it's quite a long process so it's not I'm a pretty impatient person so I'm not really <laughs> sure I'm in the right industry but um, about a year to write it uh, then you've got to find a publisher um, it takes probably about seven to ten months to go through the editing they've got to get briefs and synopsis and blurbs and get uh, booksellers to buy it um, cover design all that stuff takes quite a long time so yeah so probably looking about Mother's Day for number three. Oh that's probably a good timely release for all the mums yes. here yes. Um, and you've had Losing Kate is published in German how did that come about? Um, yeah, they took it to the um, Frankfurt Book Fair and it was picked up there. <coughs> so I now have a whole box of books that I can't read. <laughs> um, there's a few words like Ikea or Bunnings or flip-flops or something that I think they couldn't convert, you know, translate. I thought, I know that word, but the rest of it I hope is much the same as, as it was before. So anyone who speaks German, if you want the oh, German yes. version, <laughs> And yes. do you have a favourite of the two? that you've written so far. Are you allowed to have favourites of your own book? Like your children? Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably a bit like your first child. They sort of make you parents and I think your first book makes you an author. So I'm not saying it's necessarily the best one and my first child is certainly not the best child oh. uh, most of the time. Um, but yeah, I guess you have that soft spot and you have that excitement when it's all happening yep. with your first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the saying goes, don't judge a book by its cover, but cover I think is a really important thing. You know, you, you see a book on the shelf and if you don't like the cover, you're not going to pick it up. How do you get your covers for your novels? Uh, I had no say in that at all. Um, so if you do like to have control over that thing, you're probably best self-publishing. Not that I mind them, um, but I guess you have an idea of what it's going to be like. And um, they, the publisher basically sends a brief to the marketing team and they get some you know, stock photos and so forth and put a few options together and um, then their team basically, I think they send it to booksellers and see sort of what's most appealing. Um, and often it doesn't even necessarily, you know, relate to the story, but if it's attractive and um, especially with women's fiction, they like it to be emotive and have the names were changed as well from what I had in mind. Um, but I guess you've got to trust that I don't know anything about book publishing and they've been doing it for you know decades so I, you just kind of hope that they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, so. So do you think on Losing Kate, I know Lauren you've got a copy there, do you think that girl looks like what you had in your head when you wrote the story? She actually does. She does? Yeah, yeah <laughs> she does which is good because if she was completely not it I would have been a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Um, although I have had people that have thought Oh, I wouldn't have picked up that book, but they read it and, and enjoyed it. So it's a little mm. bit, um, yeah, it's, that, that was sort of the rage when that came out of that, you know, kind of down the line viewing you quite um, striking girl. So yeah. hmm. did, did you have a cover in mind or? Not really. Yeah. I'm not very visual <laughs> and I can't right. draw for to save my life. So um, no, I just sort of went with the flow and yeah. yeah. Mm. Aside from your book, speaking about books, is it mean to ask an author their favourite book or author of all time? Are we allowed? Do you have one? Oh, <laughs> it is a bit difficult. Um, I have read a lot of Leanne Moriarty lately, which I think a lot of people have, um, and I really do like the way that she 
kind of has a very light-hearted sort of human way of looking at characters without judging people um, and she can make you laugh and make you think all on the same page so I enjoy that part of her writing um, and people like uh, Marion Keys, um, Jojo Moyes, um, that sort of thing, uh, Jane Harper, the Australian mm. author of The Dry, that was, that was really good. Um, Hannah Kent, yeah, quite a few. But I have a pretty eclectic reading. I also like uh, some sort of crime novels. Uh, uh, Michael Robotham, uh, he's got quite a few good ones lately. So Apparently his new one's really good. Uh, the, I the name of it now, though. Uh, the, the Secret the, Chicken. No, the next one. The after next one. one. Oh, yes. there's something wife. Something yes, about a wife. The other wife. The other wife. Does anyone know? I've heard that is cool. Yes. So, Quite yes. a new one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you've met Leanne Moriarty. Do you get to meet other authors a lot, or is, it, is that.? <sighs> it's not half as glamorous as it sounds, really. <laughs> You're pretty much in your Ugg boots with your dog in your, <laughs> in your study, trying to go, no one's going to read this stuff half the time, and deleting stuff that's terrible and rewriting things. Um, but there is the odd, you know, drinks or whatever that you might meet some other people. So, yeah, and she's a very, very lovely, warm, warm lady, yeah. 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 And I see that um, the Brisbane Writers Festival is on soon. Is that a big event for people in Brisbane? To... Um, yeah, I think it's probably, it's getting a little bit more for the general public, not mm. so much, I mean, writers obviously as part of that, but there's just a lot of cultural and political kind of topics. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I've booked into a couple of things. Yes, I've mm. seen a few that I'd like to go to. And I know... Um, yeah, and Moriarty's also doing an event, if anyone wants to know, and a few other authors through, um, yeah. it's at a she's, high school, I can't oh, remember okay. the name of it, I'll find out and I can let everyone know, but she's doing a talk, so. Oh, she's also to. at the Byron Bay, which is in a couple of weeks, I think, in August. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think she'll think I'm stalking her if I go, I've seen her about four times, and she said last time, just don't come, I'll say the same thing and you'll know that I said the same oh. thing, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so if there are any aspiring authors in the room, what's your advice to them? I just start a lot of, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. I don't have degrees in journalism. I've never read a book on how to write a novel. I think if you're an avid reader, then you, you have instincts on what, what works and what you want to read and you should just give it a shot. Yeah. And yeah. Um, do you have a favourite place to sit down and write? So you obviously you have to drop the kids at school and do you come go to some lovely coffee shop and I just picture you know people with their, their laptops out and a coffee oh. in this beautiful glamorous coffee shop writing all day? Yeah usually it's you know in my boring old cluttered study which has got bikes and school bags and you know dog beds and the works so it's yeah not quite that <laughs> exciting but I, I do tend to go to the library or cafes when I just have to avoid the washing or whatever else um, but then I find a cafe and I start eating or the internet, once with the internet and I start Googling or Facebooking. So there's always a distraction somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you were to write a biography on anyone in the world, who would you write it about? Oh. Have any? <coughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Writers are often pretty boring, so I don't think I'd pick a writer. Um, someone like Oprah would be, have a pretty exciting life, someone yeah. that's had a bit of influence and a bit of a, um, 
checkered life and come through a lot of uh, sort of difficulties. So perhaps that, yeah. And I guess I want to open the floor to any questions anyone has in the audience. Pre or three, what did you do <coughs> BC before children? <laughs> before children, can I think back to then? <laughs> um, I yeah did a psych degree, which I'd never really practiced as a psychologist. Um, I did some counselling and so forth, and I just found it too emotionally draining for me. I just would go home and worry about everyone's problems. So um, I ended up uh, in management at in the federal government for a few years. Um, I then ended up in the tax office, which is a really creative place. Um, well, for some people it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's quiet. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I wrote some. GST tax, you know, briefs and fact sheets, which were, you know, wow. scarily boring. Um, so I can tell you anything you like about input tax credits and FPT and all those things if you really want to be bored to death. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I got a redundancy there and started writing when I had three kids and I just couldn't manage it all. I thought, well, I need a job that I can do when I want and still be there to pick up the kids and it fits in pretty well. So do you think your psych degree helped you with some of the stuff given your novels are suspense and people may have, you know? It's hard to know what you wouldn't know if you didn't True. do something. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess so, I guess so. Just, you know, the importance of upbringing and, you know, what leads people to certain lifestyles, I guess, is is important because uh, I usually start with a premise and then think of what sort of person would get themselves in that position and what sort of life they would have led before and I kind of go from there so yeah. So do you have the characters established in your head or do you start writing a story and then develop the characters what's the sort of methodology if you have one? I have none. Um, I wing it. I completely just, they call it you're either a planner or a plotter or a pantser. Um, I don't like the word pantser. It sounds like you're trying to, you know, sleep with everyone somehow. <laughs> but yes, basically riding by the seat of your pants. So yeah. just winging it. And yeah. I, I find it's a little less contrived when you just sort of make it up mm. and you don't really know the engine yourself. So it's a bit more exciting. Whereas a lot of my friends have it plotted. You know, they have so-and-so character they like this for breakfast and they you know they get up at this time and they eat this and blah 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 um, whereas and every scene's plotted out in chapter four and chapter five whereas I kind of just see what happens so yes um, are you allowed to mention what your third book title is or have you decided yeah um, I don't think this is the publisher is going to change this one which is good it's called the days the light the day the lies began and it's a little bit even more crime darker than they kind of got a little bit darker as I went I'm not sure that what that means for my <laughs> mental health but um, and it's about uh, Abby who has a, a secret um, and whether she can keep that secret she's done something a little bit um, untoward and is keeping that from a family um, and it's sort of about truth and honesty and whether it's ever okay to be dishonest if it's um, if it's in the the cause of being uh, loyal to your family um, and about right and wrong and whether sometimes they actually look the same and um, yeah so it's it's a, quite a lot plottier it took me a couple of years to write this one so it's um, got some twists and turns and a lot of characters in it so it took a bit longer to write but Yes, I think it's worked in the end.
Mm. We look forward to it on Mother's mm. Day. Yes. <laughs> what drives the missing? So two of them with people going yes. missing. What, what, My brother that? said that. He's like, hey, you know, you're grieving some loss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really pretty boring. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. No, I, I think because I, I'm time poor. I'm not a, you know, a policeman. I don't have, you know, expert skills in those sort of detective sort of areas. So I kind of just have to have it. They call it domestic noir, which is basically just crime and weird stuff that happens within suburbia. So the underbelly of our normal lives. So I, I like the idea of um, normal people sort of being faced in sort of extraordinary circumstances and what would happen to them. Um, so it's always about something weird that happens in a normal family and I guess that's why the loss and someone missing or um, it seems like the obvious thing that happens and it's got that suspense element. Um, but there's no one missing in the third book so maybe, maybe I've got over that. There's, there might be a dead person but there's... Um, Everyone's accounted for, kind of, most of the time. Do we have a question up the back there? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you know when the book's finished? Well, you sort of either, is it finished or am I just finished with this thing and I just don't want to read it again? <laughs> um, I think when you get those tingles at the end and you feel like it's kind of all in place, um, that's when I feel like it's finished and I want other people to read it and I'm not just sitting there going this is crap and no one's going to read this stuff um, when I feel like it's got some legs I think is when I think it's finished the other part was, do you write sequentially do you have to sort of finish one chapter and then be able to go on to the next one? most people do but I don't um, I just write when I'm inspired like I'd be walking the dog and go oh, I'm going to write something where so-and-so does this to show that he's that and I'll just go home and just purge it all out Sometimes, you know, in the laundry so the kids can't find me on my laptop, I hide, um, get it all out while it's fresh and inspired, and then it might not fit anywhere, I might not put it in until later, um, which makes it a little bit, there's not, the continuity can be lost, so then you've got to kind of feather it all together again. Um, but I think it's much better when you're actually inspired, when you just sit there and just writing to get through the story. I just think it's really it can come across pretty boring. So what happens uh, so. if you get stuck? Yeah, that happens. That happens. Then you go do the washing. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you can edit a, a you can't edit a bad, a blank page, but you can edit a page. So you should just keep on writing. I just think that's a waste of time. I just think you can't, personally, I just, if I write rubbish, I just feel like I can't do this. This is awful. No one wants to read this. I don't want to read this. And I just sort of lose my mojo a bit. So I just wait till I'm kind of think, oh yeah, that's really good. And it sort of all comes out better and really quickly and easily. Whereas other times it's just like, oh, you know, so. I think there was a question up there, Kyle. So do you I just I have tried Scrivener and a lot of people swear by it um, I just use Word um, probably because of all the conversion and the and I'm a bit of a I, I kind of feel like I'm going to lose it the more complicated if I've got to convert it and export it from here to there something's going to go wrong somewhere and that would just completely I'd lose my head if I lost a whole week or years worth 
Um, so I just use Word, but there's so much Word can do that, you know, just with the headings and um, it's, it's got everything I need. I think people that research a lot probably use Scrivener and other tools that have a lot of, you know, work involved, but mine generally don't. They're all kind of come straight out of my head. So, yeah. Yes, sure. Apparently, it's a little bit. <laughs> I do have a couple of friends that are cops, so they often get the phone call and I say, oh, then this happens and he's like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, can I just make this happen? Nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I've got a friend of a friend that knows a um, pathologist um, that, you know, when I had this I've got this dead body and a foot turning up on a beach and like it's been in the salt water and I'm like, can I get some DNA from this foot? No. Oh, I really want to get some DNA from the foot. <laughs> it's like, well, you'd have to do this and they'd never do that. And so I try to make it as realistic, but he also says most people wouldn't know that you're not going to get DNA from that. So does it really matter? And I'm like, I like that answer. I go with that. And, um, so yeah. Do know. Mm, they're gonna go you don't have a clue what you're doing <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well yeah. I haven't had too many complaints <laughs> yet yeah I think I kind of I think I ended up just not going I just gloss over all the scientific stuff yeah. so it doesn't seem you won't be wrong if it's just vague that's my theory. So do you get lots of people to read your books before you send them off to a publisher for um, those sorts of things? Yeah, um, I've got like a published author group so we all swap stuff and um, give feedback and there's some that I've got in Perth and Adelaide and that we just sort of have a deal that you read mine and I'll read yours and nice. get some honest feedback because usually mm. your partner or your mother are going to say, oh, it's just lovely, it's just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> like yeah but is it really <laughs> so yeah I think it's important and they see things that you don't yeah. and you, you've read it so many times yeah. Yeah. yeah do we have any more yeah. I was going to ask did the characters start to live a life of their own in, and take off in your head in ways you weren't expecting uh, a little bit um, I do have people that say they talk to them and all this stuff and I don't quite have that going on but um, I definitely knew them a lot better at the end and I'd go back and change some of the dialogue when I've kind of, kind of, they're more fully formed and I'd go back and go, oh, that's not really what they'd say. So they do definitely get richer and sort of fuller in their um, crafting, I suppose, as you go. Yeah. I think there was, was there one behind, Laurie? Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious in how you got into writing. Like, have you always thought about writing or what did you do to prepare for writing or you just sat down and wrote? I, I had a, this idea of something weird happening to a girl on the beach and I just wrote, wrote, wrote. Um, I mean, I was always an avid reader. I was an indoor girl, if you like, when I was young. And, um, but yeah, I just felt like I didn't know enough to write anything that anyone would want to know about when I was young. So I never considered it as a job. And most writers don't make any money. <laughs> so there is that point. Um, but no, I guess people have said, oh, you, you know, I was very good at English and did well without any real effort, whereas maths, never quite got that. So, um, 
yeah, but I just really enjoyed it. So I guess I just kept doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, you mentioned that you were lucky, and lucky is an interesting term, around being able to get published and there's lots of people. What do you think was the essence of your books that enabled a publisher to pick it up compared to people who haven't? <sighs> I think it's about, they call it the voice, it's that sort of the, the writer's narration of the story and I think that's probably because I didn't know what the rules were and, and all the you know, technical terms for pretty sometimes basic concepts that readers know but they don't know that it's called whatever. Um, so I kind of just wrote, I think I'm, I'm a pretty down to earth honest person and I think the writing was maybe authentic, it was people kind of being honest with each other and the characters were, um, I think, pretty real. So I, I like to think that it's that, that voice component and that's, that's just what who you are. And I think, you know, you, you're the only person that can write the book, your book, whereas, and everyone has a different perspective on life. So I think you shouldn't try to be anyone else or write like your favorite author or be really sophisticated if you're not, <laughs> like I'm not particularly sophisticated. So my books are, are quite, um, yeah, they're quite real and they're emotional, but they're not, they're not highbrow literature, if you know what I mean. Um, but people seem to like them, so, yeah. Sorry, you said um, that you <laughs> don't necessarily follow through with your challenges, is that right? You just write as you think of something. So how do you put it all together? Yeah, it's really terrible. <laughs> My husband's quite um, visual and he bought me this... Um, whiteboard and I have post-it notes with because often I have um, point of view so the point of view character and I often have four or five of those and I have alternating chapters for different ones and it can be a real brain twist trying to get it all in sync um, and my first book was two parallel stories so there's a story of the girl going missing in 1993 I think and then you know the fifth you know 13 odd years later when um, her friends uh, you know, unpacking what happened to us. So there's there's the time zone difference, and um, yeah. So it's it's that's really the difficult part. And I think it's it's an important part because you can write a write a paragraph really well, but if you don't get that structure right, um, you lose people. Because I've started lots of really good books that are beautifully written, just you know, literature like poetry, but after a few chapters, you're like. Oh, what's really happening? There's not really anything happening, and you kind of abandon them um, because they don't have that pace. And I, I think that's one thing I do, I can do well, is, is getting that pace and that hook. That's something to get people to keep reading, I guess. Yeah. yeah. One more question? Oh, no, I've already had a few. <laughs> I couldn't see any other hands. There's no so quota. Right. <laughs> I was fascinated by I'd written half the book before I even thought about that. <laughs> I probably wished I'd done it a bit earlier. Um, I did psych at uni, so no journalism, arts degree at all. Um, once I was spending a lot of time doing it, I felt like oh, I probably should actually look into that. And I did a, um, I think it was a couple of one-day courses at the Queensland Writers' Centre. So they've got some good little quick things you can do on the weekends, online stuff. Um, and yeah, things like show not tell, all the basics of writing that I'd never heard of. And I'm like, whoops, I should probably look into that. Um, 
So yeah, I did, I did a few little things like that, but nothing to, and it was funny, I remember you write a submissions letter to your publisher and saying how awesome you are and why they should publish your book. And I tried to get all the courses that I'd done, which were all kind of little rubbish. And she said, oh, creative writing courses, like, oh, we don't care about that. And whereas other people do hold degrees in it. And, you know, so mm. I think it's, yeah, you don't necessarily need to do those. I'm sure they, they don't hurt. Um, so yeah. Oh, there's a lot of Googling. There's a lot of stuff online. A lot of writers like to write, so there's a lot of blogs. <laughs> right. um, to write how to write. Yep. <laughs> a lot of people that like to think they know everything about writing, that write a lot of stuff on writing. Um, yes. So there's also even just library. I'm doing a library um, course. It's just a free course at one of the libraries in October. Um, if anyone wants to dabble in writing, I think it's... I'm running the course, so I'm going to pretend I know what I'm talking about. Uh, um, it's over to Runner Hill, so it's a bit of a step from here, I think, late October. So I think it's all on my website if you're interested in that. Okay. Yeah. Well, if there's no further questions, thank you all for coming, especially Kylie. Thank you for your time it's and your wisdom about writing. So if anyone still wants to purchase one of Kylie's books, they're on her website at kyliecaden.com.au. And if you want to listen to my podcast, you can download it on any podcast app or um, listen online on my website as well. And if you don't know how to download a podcast, come and see me and I'll help you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 10 with Kylie Caden. You can find Kylie at kyliecaden.com.au or on Facebook or Twitter. And you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at In Mums Good Books. Now, I also interviewed Kylie back in episode one. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I recommend you go check that out. And also, um, if you would like to volunteer for the Kingston East Neighbourhood Group or the Annerley Community Bookshop, please go and check their pages out and you'll find them when you Google Kingston East Neighbourhood Group or Annerley Community Bookshop. Thank you for listening and happy reading. Mm -hmm.